Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great pre-owned inventory, all at Sunbury Motors, and great deals to be had. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. So no Steelers-Titans game this weekend, so uh, normally you'd hear that on 100.9 The Valley. Uh, we'll talk about some of the options for that in a moment. Uh The Braves are a couple outs away from sweeping the Reds, and the Reds are going to go through a playoff, two-game playoff series and not score. Uh, Yesterday, Atlanta won in 13-1-0, and the Braves lead it 5-0 in the top of the ninth inning. Jose Osuna's homered. I remember watching him play for Jamestown. Oh, my goodness. Was it Jameson? No, it was Batavia. It was playing for Batavia. It was like, holy mackerel, this guy's good. Uh, White Sox and Oakland just getting underway in Oakland. That's the third and deciding game. St. Louis at San Diego. Cardinals won the opener yesterday. Dodgers hosting Milwaukee. Dodgers won the opener. The Yankees completed their sweep dramatically over Cleveland 10-9 last night. They get Tampa Bay next. And tonight, in what really shapes up on paper to be an absolute classic, the Broncos take on the Jets. I'll leave it at that. Broncos and the Jets. Oh, brutal. Right, so now Steelers and Titans. No game this week. Uh, two more additional positive tests for the Titans. Problem. So what can they do? Uh, uh, by the way, the Braves just closed out the Reds. They went 5 nothing as Mark Melanson closed it in the ninth inning. 5 nothing. So for the Steelers, what are the options? All right. Well, it has to revolve around bye weeks. The Steelers' bye week is November 1. The Titans' bye week is October 25th. Well, it turned out it turns out that the let's see, I'm trying to think now how this works. The yeah, the Steelers are supposed to play the Ravens on October 25th. The Titans have a bye week October 25th. So what they can do, since the Ravens and the Steelers both have a bye week on November 1st, they can take the Ravens-Steelers game and move it to November 1st, and the Steelers can play the Titans on the 25th. That's how you can make it work. So that's how they can make it work. 
The problem is going to be for the Steelers as follows. That means your bye week is this week instead of having the bye week in week eight. You have to now play 13 straight weeks because of this. Mike Tomlin was asked about playing 13 straight weeks. He gave exactly the answer I would have given. We don't care. It's the answer I would have given. Who cares? All right. It's got to do. Got to do. That's what you have to do. Okay. Not exactly an illuminating answer, but it's the right answer. The Vikings, by the way, uh, are back at work today. The Vikings cleared uh, everything, it looks like. Uh, All negative tests, and they will play Houston this weekend. So that's how it's going to work. Our high school football roundtables today. And in our high school football roundtable... Zach Showers, Greg Wetzel, and I'm going to assume it's Dave Ritchie again. Correct. Shikalemi won last week, 14-0 over Milton. It's a good win for them. Let's see if it jump starts a run like it jump started a run last year. So, And the Lakers beat the Heat in the opener last night. The Heat, though, have all the ammunition needed to come back in terms of players uh, because Goran Dragic and Bam uh, Bam Adebayo are now doubtful for Game 2. Oh. Yeah, not a great start for the Heat. They're not good enough. Yeah. I I thought maybe they can go 6, but this this is not even going to go 5. No, I thought, to be honest with you, I thought the Lakers would sweep them. I really did. I looked at it and go, not good enough. And here's the problem. You want to know where they don't match up? They don't match up with Anthony Davis. They're okay. I mean, Jimmy Butler can match up in, in some ways, in some small way. He can match up with with um, LeBron. They have no matchup for Anthony Davis. None. So there you go. Who knows how many people watched that last night. Who knows? I just don't think it's it's not an intriguing series for a final. Now Milwaukee's playing them. Okay, because Giannis is a pretty big star. The whole deal. Maybe get a shot. But no. The Lakers will sweep it in four. And that'll be it. Tonight on the Penn State Coaches Show, featuring James Franklin. Patrick Chambers will be the opening guest tonight, and then, yes, it will be James Franklin. Okay? So that is tonight's show from 6.05 to 7. The college football playoff. The Pac-12 put together a proposal that for this year they expand the college football playoff to eight teams. And it was rejected yesterday. Now, who would benefit from the college football playoff being eight teams? 
stop the Pac-12. All right. So the Pac-12. But there's a bottom line to this, and it is as follows. Unless there is language written in the contract, unless there's language written in the contract that deals with expanded payouts for having more teams, then it's not worth doing. It's not worth doing if there's not language in there like that. Having eight teams, you're not going to get more money from it. ESPN already has a contract. Contract still has six more years to run. They're not going to expand this thing to from four to six or eight, whatever the number happens to be, until the new contract comes up. This is not going to do it. I've talked about this before. If if it if it doesn't make any financial sense, then you don't do it. Just like the NCAA basketball tournament. Expanding the NCAA basketball tournament beyond 68 teams doesn't make any sense. The language isn't there in the contract to do it where you get more money. Can't. Doesn't make any sense to do it. But what have I talked about? How do you get quick cash? Well, you get quick cash on the pro level, not the college level, but the pro level, by expansion. That's quick cash. If the Vegas Golden Knights' entry fee into the NHL was $500 million, and the Seattle Kraken's entry fee into the NHL was $650 million, and the Mets were just bought for $2.4 billion, what's the entry fee for Major League Baseball to expand two teams? Is it a billion and a half per team? What about the NBA? Steve Ballmer bought the Clippers for $2 billion. So is the entry fee for an NBA expansion team a billion and a half? That's where you get quick cash. Because you expand by two, that's $3 billion. That's how you close the gap. How do colleges close the gap? Without cutting sports. Colleges close the gap... By, and I I do not think they will do this. So, okay, let's start with this. When it comes to football, I don't think they'll do this. Adding another game to the regular season. Now, I don't think they'll do that. The season at twelve, to me, that's right about that's about the limit as to where college football should be. But that would be one. Or do you add two games to the college basketball season? This year you're supposed to play 27. Normally you play 31. Do you push that out to 33? Now why do you do that? Gives you gives Power Five teams two more home games, and not only that, it'll probably be two buy games. Normally those buy games are 75 to 90 thousand dollars for the school coming in. This year, believe it or not, this year it's only like 10 to 15 thousand if you're going to buy a game. But normally it's seventy-five to ninety thousand, somewhere in that range, is a buy game. It would not only benefit the home team by having two home games, 
the Power Five team, but it benefits the smaller team as well because they would then get two games of guaranteed money. I've told the story many times. I'll tell it one more time. Fang Mitchell, head coach, Coppin State, Coppin State, back in the old Mellon Arena, walked in there as the number 15 seed, beat number two seed South Carolina. Fang Mitchell was the head coach. Fang was also the athletic director. And one year, he opened the season with 14 consecutive games on the road. All non-conference games. So, the one time we ran into him, Dick, Dick and I ran into him, we're talking to him. By the way, Dick's on the show tomorrow. We're going to talk about the Preakness in basketball. And we're talking to him. And he said, you played 14 in a row on the road? He says, yeah. He says, had to take care of my tennis program. So Fang Mitchell, the athletic director, made Fang Mitchell, the head basketball coach, go on the road 14 straight times because Fang Mitchell, the, the athletic director, needed the money from Fang Mitchell, the basketball coach. That's how it works. So if you're going to look for quick cash somewhere, maybe it's not much, but it's a little bit more, you really can't expand football right now, but you might be able to expand basketball by two more games. You don't want to. You feel like 31 is right there, you know, with the 32nd game being your conference tournament opener. But tough times may call for you to do a couple of different things. All right. We'll take a break. Matt's in a good mood. The Yankees won. Now they have a best of five with Tampa Bay. Fortunately, it's a cordial series between the two of them as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, uh, James Franklin on the show tonight, and uh, I can tell you right now some of the points of emphasis I'm going to have with them is one of them is going to be the offensive line. Really get into it there because they have worked so hard uh, to to build this thing. It, it, it takes time. An offensive line is such a difficult area to build. Phil Troutwine, by the way, is going to be a heck of an offensive line coach here, but he has more, quote, tools in the toolbox to work with. Uh, they can go too deep across the board in the offensive line. I mean, you look, for example, let's just take uh, uh, Juice Scruggs can play center in both guard spots. Uh, Anthony Wigan can play. Uh, Des Holmes can play tackle and guard. Will Fries can play tackle and guard. Caden Wallace can actually play a little bit of tackle and guard. Bennett's a center. Obviously, Juice is there. He's a center. I already mentioned Juice's versatility. Rasheed Walker. Yeah. Bryce Eflin. Bryce Eftner, excuse me. That's yeah, 10 guys. They haven't had 10. They have not had 10 guys on that offensive line that I thought could play since probably 20. I don't know, maybe 2011. Man, that's how long. That's how long it goes. They got hit uh, by the sanctions so hard there. So that's going to be a point of emphasis. We'll talk about that. Um, the 
So we'll get in, we'll get into that as one of the items tonight. There are a few others too I want to get into with him tonight. Uh, he talked so much yesterday about protocols, diligence, and they're all good questions. They're all the right questions to ask. When it was over with, I, I now I, it left the door open for me to talk more personnel. So we've got that. And then Patrick Chambers, we're going to talk about a wide variety of things with him, especially about personnel as well. Uh, they've been able to knock on wood so far, basketball-wise, they've been able to keep going with no positives in terms of the testing. Um, so yesterday they put the pads on for the first time. But it's a transition. In other words, they weren't out there and, like, when I mean full pads, they weren't out there with leg pads and knee pads, things like that. You know, they had shoulder pads on. They had the helmets on. That's what they did yesterday. You had to transition into that, too. There are all these levels. But James was right yesterday. At some point, they'll have some sort of controlled scrimmage. You have to. At some point, you have to. I mean, you don't go out there and say, hey, let's go hit for 89 plays. You have, you know, but you've got to have some sort of control scrimmage where there's some hitting going on. Can't be it in your first game. High school football roundtable next half hour. Can you believe it? We're into week number four. Shiklami coming off a win. We'll hear from the Chief about that as they try to build and move forward. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great pre-owned inventory, great deals, fabulous service department. You get it all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. You get your vehicle from Sunbury Motors. I think it makes a statement. Dealing with the best. All right. High school football roundtable. Zach's first. Zach or the chief first? Oh, and the Chief first. Chief first. All right. So we'll go with the team that won last week. Shiklimi beat Milton 14 nothing. Dave Ritchie joins us. Dave, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Hey, thanks, Steve. Uh, in fact, I'm standing down here watching the Braves go through their uh, Thursday pre-practice. So get a bird's-eye view right now. Perfect. Uh, all right. So 14 nothing. I want to start with the defense. You pitch a shutout. That tells yeah. you something. Uh, have you seen an evolution in this defense in the short period of time in three weeks? Yeah, uh, they they sure have come around. Uh, you know, the, the couple of question marks they had at the beginning was the, the kids that played outside backer, and, and both of those have developed quite well. And it's it's just a matter, I think, of getting some, getting some uh, plays, uh, you know, a lot of these kids, the, the varsity was last year. Chicklamy only played one JV game, and that was a controlled game. 
And uh, a lot of these kids are going from ninth and 10th grade and boom, right into their first varsity experience this year. So they're, they're near the third game and they're playing better. So this will be the fourth game. So hopefully things will improve even more. Yeah. How tough is that, Dave, uh, when your JV program either is limited or shut down to the development of players along the way? It's it's terrible, uh, and it's, it's I, I know all the schools are dealing with it, but I remember when I coached the Shikalimi, we had thirty some young men that played just on the JV team, and we practiced together all year long. We stayed away from the varsity, so we got all those reps in practice, and then we played a seven or eight game schedule. So. Those kids in 10th grade or the 9th graders were ready to play when they went up to the varsity the next year. And some of them played both on Monday nights in the JV game and on Friday night in the varsity game. So the whole thing was the experience was there. With, without having a junior varsity program, a lot of kids are going from 8th grade and 9th grade football right up to varsity, and that's their first experience here on a Friday night. And I think, Steve, you know as well as I do that even the best athletes, uh, they, you need a little bit of uh, time on the field to, to improve and get better and understand the game. Actually, I, I've talked about this even in reference to college players. I said one of the difficulty you may see in players who opt out this, this year, which, by the way, I'm not criticizing them in any way, shape, or form opting out, but something to watch for, they're going to go 19 months between games. To me, Dave, you can only get better playing. Exactly. I, hey, listen. I, I thought it was a real pain when I was in when I was in high school. In tenth grade, I played on Monday night. Had to come back and scrimmage or play practice Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, and then play on Friday night too. And uh, you know, and I was thinking that that was you know it's tough physical. But when you're 15 years old, you know sometimes you don't think straight. But it sure did help me. It, it, it you know I actually my sophomore season, I think I played in 18 football games. All right, so here's yeah, no, there's no question that helps a ton. Now here's this: your practice right now. I remember last week when you were on. I said, "What would it mean to win? What would it do for practice?" Are you sensing either in conversation or just uh, your own observation that it's had an effect on the jump in practice? Oh, the kids are. Uh, I, I don't think they really lost uh, uh, as the enthusiasm. They were a little disappointed after Jersey Shore beat them so badly but uh last week uh they, they you know they knew they were going to play milton i think they had a lot of confidence and um, they're practicing the onside kicks right now and there's a lot of energy so uh, i think coach kaiser does and his staff does an excellent job with keep, keeping the kids up but you are correct getting that win uh puts a little bit more of a hop in the step and uh you know the kids get along a lot better out there there's not as much finger pointing anymore no no questions all right how do you view this week's matchup what are the keys well, first of all, Shimokin kept the ball away from Seals Grove last week. I mean, the time of possession was just unbelievable for Shimokin, and Shimokin still only got one touchdown out of all those drives. Uh, the other one was a deep. The other two were defensive scores. That's what they, the Chicklins are going to have to, you know, keep Shimokin from having long, sustained drives and 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 keeping the ball so that they get so that they don't use all the time up. I think that's a key. I think the Braves are going to have to, uh, you know, again, they're going to have to do a good job with a team that puts eight in the box. And I know Coach Kaiser probably has some plans for that, or, you know, try to get some, some quick passes. But uh, I think just the, the whole idea that they 
They scored right before the half against Milton, and then they scored in the second half and threw a shutout. I think that's going to help a lot because, you know, uh, Shmokin's, Shmokin, but coached by Coach Hynoski, they're it doesn't matter uh, what kind of season they're having when you're on their field and you play them. It's uh, it's it's a football game. So I'm I think well, I think that's the key. Keep Shemokin's offense off the field. That's that's one thing that they did to Seals Grove last week. Dave, always a pleasure. I appreciate you very much. Hey, thank you, Steve. You have a good uh, have a good. How many more weeks until you're on the air? I'm trying to remember. Is it three? Yeah, it's three. It's it's twenty three more days. Okay. Okay. Not that you, not you, that you have a chalk marks on your wall or anything, but oh, between uh, Jack and me, it's like I feel like it's when when Phil Donahue was going to New York, they kept marking the calendar. It's like, a, it's a, yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's go. It'll, it'll get here. <laughs> it'll get here. Welcome to October. Yep. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you, Steve. Yep. Thank you, Dave. Day. You too. Zach Showers joins us now. Sealands Grove lost to Shemokin last week. Zach, they've scored three points in two weeks. In all the years I've done this, I never would have dreamed I'd be talking about Sealands Grove scoring three points in two weeks. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely been a struggle the last two weeks, that's for sure. All right, so why has it been a struggle? I know Shemokin's good. I understand that. They crowd the line of scrimmage, put eight in the box, the whole deal. But why such a struggle? Well, there's been a number of different factors. Um, two weeks ago, we talked about um, with Central Mountain. A lot of that, Stones Grove was able to move the ball on some short fields. And frankly, they just were not able to capitalize on anything. Um, last week, the offense really just stalled. Um, looked at some some numbers going into last week, and Seals Grove ran 18 plays on first down, and only four of them went for positive yardage. Um, so that was a big thing last week. Seals Grove just was not able to uh, really get anything started on drives, and because of that, they were constantly playing. Um, you know they average uh, second and 12 on second downs and third and nine on third and nine. So they were just playing behind the chains all day. Um, one of the big things too is just the line continues to just really struggle with assignments. And when Seals Grove lost uh, running back Nate Schoen, they kind of lost really one of their main playmakers. And when you look at Seals Grove, especially at running back and at wide receiver, they have some complementary players but in years past, they've been able to have that one guy that they can kind of go to to make a play. And while there's guys that are making plays here and there, they have a lot of guys that are just complementary. Um, and you'd, you'd probably like to see them a little bit more, um, a little bit more making plays off of some star guys and not being the ones with the pressure to do so. Yet the defense is hung in there. Why? I think one of the big things um, to kind of play off the offense a little bit, it seems like the offense, a lot of guys are having to think too much. Um, and with defense, there's there's a lot of experience back, and those guys are comfortable with their assignments. They know what they're doing, and they're playing fast and aggressive because they're not having to think too much. So they've been able to uh, really bear down in some pretty tough situations. Um, last week, again, they only gave up uh, one score. So this team in three games is one and two, but they have given up three offensive touchdowns. And both of them, or all three of them, came off of drives of 80 yards or more. 
So it seems like they've they've given up that one drive and then they've shored things up and they've been able to bend but not break. Unfortunately, last week against um, Shimokin and the Chief mentioned uh, Shimokin was really able to control the ball and had a number of drives, um, two drives around five minutes and another drive of eight minutes that they didn't score on, um, but they were able to eat up a lot of clock. And it's demoralizing when it's like that. That's a big problem because when they do that to you and keep punching you in the mouth, it's really hard to respond. Yeah, and, and absolutely. And when we have so many guys playing both ways, it seems right. like there's a lot of effort on that defensive end, and then those guys get to offense, and um, you know they've, they've had to make a, make a lot of plays on defense. It doesn't seem like it's there offensively. So what does it take to break through this week? Well, Salem's Grove is going to come in to this game probably the biggest underdog right. um, against that they've ever been against a Jersey Shore team. Um, Jersey Shore is ranked second in the state in a lot of the polls and quad A. Um, a lot of um, what I've heard um, from the coaching staff is, you know, they're really just trying to simplify things offensively. Uh, Jersey Shore is probably the best defense that, well, it is definitely the best defense we've seen all season, and they're going to load the box again. So it's going to be a lot of uh, the same thing for the third week in a row. Uh, can Seals Grove handle the pressure, um, especially uh, for Jersey Shore offensively? They're averaging over 50 points a game, averaging 450 yards per game. Uh, they have a senior quarterback, Brandon Wary, who's thrown over for five. 500 yards and 11 touchdowns um, they have a stable of running backs and wide receivers that that they can go to so it's it's going to be a very very tough matchup for Steelers Grove I know the message this week is kind of you have you have nothing to lose so let's get back sure. to some of the basics and uh, let's try to try to get some positives and make some plays uh, you know going into the second half of the season after this week always a pleasure Zach appreciate it Absolutely. Thank you. That game will be on Eagle 107. 100.9 The Valley is Lewisburg. Greg Wetzel joins us. Greg, great to hear you on the other end. How are you? Great, Steve. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for asking, my friend. All right. Is there a common theme that you've seen in each of the three weeks that Lewisburg on its end has not been able to overcome? Well, their their offense and defensive line they just uh, haven't been, they've been controlled by all three teams this year. Um, against Danville, the one bright spot was for a quarter and a half. Lewisburg had Danville on the ropes. I mean, they they outplayed them from about uh, the middle of the first quarter to halftime, and they were trailing fourteen seven at halftime. It probably should have been fourteen fourteen because. Lewisburg had first a goal on the six-yard line, and the snap went over the quarterback's head in the shotgun formation. They lost 20 yards. Now it becomes first and goal on the 26, or second goal on the 26. And, you know, Lewisburg just doesn't have the offense to overcome a mistake like that. Uh, and then the first play, of the sec- or second play of the second half, Lewisburg has the ball. First play, they had a nice run. They throw a pass downfield, intercepted, return for a touchdown. And that just kind of negated their momentum. 
and uh, it was 21-7 at that time, and uh, Lewisburg played well the rest of the game, but it was just too big of a deficit for them to overcome against a team like Danville. No question. Here's the problem. When you're not winning, do you sense that you start to feel like that they think – not true, but they think they have to play a perfect game, and all of a sudden you're almost waiting for something to happen. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do sense that with them sometimes. But you know what? I've been to practices. Uh, you know, talking to the coaches before, after games, during. Pra- I mean, after practices, uh, I've talked to the kids on the team. They're all upbeat. I mean, they all feel good. They, you know, they're given the maximum effort, but you can tell there's that seed of doubt in their mind because they just can't get over the hump. They haven't been ahead. I'm sorry, they were ahead seven nothing against Mifflinburg, but that's the only time they've been ahead the whole year. They've been playing from behind all season. And if you've heard me say it once, you've probably heard me say it 150 times in this show. No matter what sport I'm doing, maybe even more than that. Always one of the keys to me is playing with the lead. I've always exactly. felt that. Play, play, make the yeah. make the other make the other dude play uphill. Exactly, and that's one of the things the coach is talking about this week: getting the lead because both teams are coming in zero and three. Um, they played similar opponents. Uh, let's see, they Midwest has played Danville and they played uh, Central Columbia. Uh, they lost to Central Columbia by a score of forty-two to twenty. They lost to uh, Danville by a score of fifty-five to twenty. So similar scores. Uh, they, they similar teams in that Lewisburg and Mid- Midwest both like to run the football. Uh, if you get in the pass, that's to the defense's advantage. So scoring first this week will be huge for either one of these teams. I mean, obviously, big plays mean something, Greg. Mm-hmm. But what would it mean yeah. for Lewisburg? And you talked about, you know, that the in the trenches they've struggled. What do we mean yeah. to Lewisburg? Say in the first quarter they went on maybe a twelve play eighty yard drive. Yeah, you know, even though it's not a big play, but they do something yeah. and can demoralize the other guy. Oh, it, that would be huge, and it, it would give them such a boost of confidence. And that's what happened last week against Danville. They literally went on a, a fourteen play drive about 70 yards down the field and scored a touchdown. And that you could just see the life come back into them. You know, they were down 14 nothing at the time. They had just, before that, previously before that, is when the snap went over the center's uh, quarterback's head. Then they get the ball back. They stop them, the punt. They get the ball back and drive right down the field and score. I mean, they, they felt great about themselves. And then again, the interception, the first, second play of the second half, and they're back down again. So, yeah, a, a play like a drive like that or a big play, big run and a score would be huge for Lewisburg. Well, great. They got Midwest coming up tomorrow night on 100.9 the Valley at 7 o'clock. Looking forward to no, it and Saturday looking forward night, to your. Or Saturday we're, we're night. Saturday That's right. Yep. We're Saturday, Saturday night. night. That's right. Saturday yep. night football. Yep. You know, <laughs> I mean, now I realize, see, it's in the suits contract that he doesn't do Saturday games. That's exactly right. He doesn't have. I, to. I mean, so then there's a guy like you that you just say, "What night do you need me there?" It's just, I mean, it's great working with a professional. <laughs> I just show up when they want me. <laughs> Greg, <laughs> you're the best. It's great to hear you, man. Hey, take care. Greg Wetzel. That'll be Saturday night at 100.9 in the Valley when they take on Midwest. So, there's your lineup. 
News Radio 1070 WKOK with that matchup. Shemokin against Shikalimi. Sealands Grove has Jersey Shore and Eagle 107. And then Saturday, it'll be Lewisburg against Midwest on 100.9 The Valley. Back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today on this Thursday on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way? The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, so plenty of high school football going into week four. Here we are, the first weekend of October, today being October 1st. And we welcome everyone to October. Oh, days crawl by sometimes. But, you know, it's, uh, I know for our high school football people, they've been thrilled. They've had something right there to look forward to each and every week. I believe, though, that when it comes to fans attending games, I understand the governor's office got to stay on that. Is that correct? Yeah, so what happened today, and we had this on WKOK.com, a Philadelphia federal court today overturned what the Pittsburgh judge had ruled a few weeks ago saying was unconstitutional. So that puts the crowd restrictions back in order, but the PIAA just released a statement and saying, and quoted a governor's quote to Penn Live, saying he's working with districts right now to work some things out. So it looks like there may be some changes. So we'll by the way, see. by the way, the one team in Center County that has not been playing is State College. Well, they open tomorrow night at Central Dauphin. Well, there you go. And I know here in the county, Penn's Valley is going to play Belfont tomorrow. I think that's up at Rogers Stadium. But uh, State College, they finally joined the party. Tomorrow night, they're at Central Dauphin. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia, Hyundai Great Pre-Owned Inventory, fabulous service department, and now is a great time to make a deal.